You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Happy Thursday. Happy National Coffee Day. Happy birthday to my wife, Lori. Love you, babe. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home in a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Happy Thursday night football game. Congratulations to Aaron Judge. Hit his 61st home run of the season last night after a seven-game, I'm sure history inducing drought very cool ties the american league mark for most home runs in a season there's a few names i will not utter on these airwaves who technically or otherwise hold the records in the national league and therefore major league baseball and we will get into aaron judge what he accomplished roger maris's son being in attendance for that game all of those things a little bit later in the show, but congratulations to Judge, congratulations to the Yankees. I'm sure it's a huge, huge relief for him to get past that moment, to at least meet that mark, and to be able to maybe have baseball feel like baseball again instead of a chase of history. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number here on the program if you want to give us a call, or as we did yesterday, we just want to tell Tom DeCelestino the executive producer of the show, hello. 855-2124-CBS. Tommy, we call him Pretty Daddy here on the show. It's a whole nickname thing. On Twitter, at DCLCBS, hit me up, sports writer, sports R-E-I-T-E-R. All right, so we'll get into Aaron Judge in a little more detail later in the program. My, my perspective on this, and I've, I've told you this the last several weeks, is a, and this is not a, a problem, an issue, it's not consternation with Aaron Judge. I've just been lukewarm in my excitement about that home run record, in large part because it's not actually the home run record, and in large part the reason that we're pretending it's the home run record is because now, for me, single-season home run records in baseball are attached to cheaters and to liars and to just something I don't feel like dealing with in my sports more than it is a sense of history. Haven't been super into it. Was mildly happy for the guy yesterday can't say I felt overly compelled by the moment. So we'll, we'll get into that. Maybe you disagree later in the show, 30 or 40 minutes from now. Uh, Bill Belichick got, was very frustrated yesterday. He wanted you to know he's not a doctor. He went to absurd Bill Belichick press conference mode, and we're going to let you hear that and listen to it in about 15 or 20 minutes. I've got NFL bets lined up for you. I'm on a real streak of mediocrity. I'm right. I think I'm a game over 500 in the bets that I have placed so far this season. I'm going to continue to try to break out of that rut. I suppose it's better than being way under 500, but we'll get into some of the lines, some of the games this weekend, and I'll tell you those games that have really captured my attention. I feel good about where I see some value. Ephraim Salam is going to be on the show, former longtime NFL offensive lineman. We'll, we'll visit with E about all things going on in the NFL. We've got Buyer Sell coming up. And again, we'll we'll hit some um, hit some Aaron Judge here on the show. Tommy, good morning, buddy. You good? Everything everything great in New York City? Good morning, Bill. I'm fantastic on this Thursday morning. So I was thinking about you today, right? Because I was I was thinking about kind of where we are as a nation in terms of what national day it is. Because there's always it's always somebody's day, and um, it's National Coffee Day. And I remember you correct me if I'm wrong here. I get this stuff wrong. You've never had coffee in your life is that a is that a, is that correct never have had a single cup of coffee in my life so here's my question 
Stuart Kovacs um, often shows up for work on time, and he's in he's in the building, um, you know, sort of around around this time with the show. As I won't say the same for Michael Sanford. I don't think he'll be in. But there's people that are in the newsroom. If someone brought you a cup of coffee during the show, would you drink a couple sips for National Coffee Day? Uh, no, and here's why. It was nothing against coffee okay. that I've never had it before. I just I feel like I'm at a point now where I have to keep it going. I have no, no idea whether I like coffee or not. I don't love the you, smell of it. You, you, you don't. I mean, like, I, I think I told you this story. My kids threw tantrums the first time I gave them ice cream. And would you like to know what happened many years later with my daughter last night at 1030 at night? She wanted some ice cream. The point is life's about growth. You just you think about it. I don't want to pressure you. I'm not going to pull an Andrew Bogish. He's not here today. He took National Coffee Day off because it's really important to him to roast his beans or whatever he's doing. But if you want to just try something different, today would be the day. Uh, speaking of try something different or at least try to get out of a, a, a rut they've been in, it is a it's a big game. It's a big game for the Cincinnati Bengals tonight on on Thursday night football. And and give the NFL credit. It's a third consecutive really really good football game. Dolphins undefeated and look like the best team in the National Football League. That's where we placed them here on the show a few days ago. And remember, they, they've got some serious wins. Not just that, that Bills victory. They've beaten a Ravens team that in a lot of power rankings around the country has Baltimore in the top five, not me. And say what you want about the Patriots and their mediocrity plus since the departure of Tom Brady. Still a well-coached team. Still a difficult game to win. That's the other win that the Dolphins have against New England and obviously the Bills, the Bills last week. So for, for Miami, it's an opportunity to continue the momentum and, and to keep it going. And there are some question marks for the Dolphins. I understand that. We think Tua is going to play. He said that's the plan. He's got ankle and back injuries that are listed on the injury report. And he has let us know in the last few days that it's the back that's the bigger issue. Apparently he was struggling with this back issue in the second half of the game against the Bills, and he was still fairly effective, pretty good, not dynamic, not overwhelming in the second half, but threw for 108 yards and was was fairly efficient. But for me, the big story of the evening, especially if Tua plays. I mean, it doesn't really matter to Cincinnati what, what I'm about to say if Tua doesn't, but for us to make assessments, it's an opportunity and a chance for the Bengals to showcase that they're much closer to that Super Bowl contending team last season that made the Super Bowl and lost to the Rams than what looked like a one-hit wonder the first couple games of the year when they started 0-2. You know it, I know it. In a 17-game season, starting 1-3 and is a lot different, a lot different than starting 2-2. Two and two. And Cincinnati, at home, has an opportunity tonight to do several things at once that will add up to the Bengals being on track, getting things right, getting where they want to go. You can only play the people that are in front of you. You can only compete against the teams the schedule allows as they arise. But this for Cincinnati is not just a chance to get to 500 and to shift some momentum and to maybe showcase they're better than their record has shown. It's a chance to have a statement win against a team in the Miami Dolphins that are not just, for me, the best in the National Football League now, but the, the Dolphins are going to be a contender this year. They're good enough to win that division. 
they're good enough to be a threat to anybody, including the Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC. That's a really good Dolphins team. Nobody wins every game. Nobody. The only exception is obviously a Dolphins team from a generation ago, and it gives Cincinnati a chance for, for a statement. Now, we know about the offense for the Bengals, and we know that the Joe Burrow is capable of a high level of excellence. And they haven't really been able to do that at the rate that we've expected over the course of the year, especially in the first couple games. And the first game in particular for Cincinnati, it was an absolute turnover fest. And whenever you have quarterbacks that have been highly praised, especially those that are vocal in any way, there's an automatic knee-jerk boomerang effect when things start to kind of go badly. We love in America, we love in sports, to, we, it's a cliche, but it's so true, to tear people up and build them the hell down. They're either the greatest thing we've ever seen or a complete disaster and their career's over. We either love their music or their art or their political message or they're the second coming of the anti-whatever, religious figure, whatever it may be. We don't do nuance very well. Let me give you some nuance on, on, on Joe Burrow. He is neither Patrick Mahomes last year, many people, nor an egomaniac who's just, what does Kirk Morrison, our buddy, say? Smelling himself way too much. He's not. He's a young quarterback who I don't find him brash, is very confident, is very alpha, and in front of a microphone is more than willing to say things like, well, you guys, the media don't really buy into us, but we do. And it's not a... It's really not a Baker Mayfield kind of vibe. He's just a confident, confident dude. And so at the start of the year, people started to write him off because that's what we do. We overreact. But the guy last year that told reporters again and again and again, you may not have believed in us. That's fine. Other people may not have believed in us. That's fine. We're going to be okay. And they showcased that in what was an incredible run of the postseason. I think that's the same quarterback. And I think he is absolutely unpanicked. And I think the idea and the notion that he's regressed because of his ego, and I'm not just making this up. I've seen it. I've read it. I'm not even going to cite the influential media people who have put this garbage out there because I've just tried to make a decision not to reward people that are full of bad ideas or full of crap by putting their name on the radio. But it's been a thing that I've had to consume over the last week. Joe Burrow, God, I, I can smell it. I can kind of t- I know what it looks like when a when a quarterback becomes an egomaniac. No, you don't. Shut up. Joe Burrow can't say it. I'll say it for him. Not worried about the offense for the Bengals. They had trouble protecting him last year, and certainly that's been an issue this year. Burrow had a really awful first game. The offense is going to be fine. It's the defense, I think, and this is where I think the test, and I hope Tua plays, is really interesting and really telling for Cincinnati. It's the defense for Cincinnati that's actually pretty good, I think. And it's hard to see that. It's hard to get your arms around that when a team that was in the Super Bowl starts 0-2 and then under the radar of bigger storylines gets to 1-2. But in the, in the general imagination of, of NFL fans and people like me who talk about it, maybe we haven't thought about them in a really promising way. So I'll posit to you that the Bengals are going to be fine. They're going to be good offensively. Defensively, they've been excellent for the most part. They've allowed, through three games, they've allowed three touchdowns. They've allowed only 14 conversions on 43 third downs. That's a 33% clip. I know that because I had to do the math. I didn't do that off the top of my head. They've only allowed two drivers longer than 59 yards in 36 defensive series. 
And you haven't seen that in part because Burrow's turnover has resulted in some really short fields for that Cincinnati defense, and in part because there haven't been, and not that we pay a lot of attention to defensive stats, right? So it's, oh my God, two or three, four quarterbacks in a fourth quarter. Oh my God, Patrick Mahomes threw for 400 yards. Those are the, oh my God, Tom Brady threw a touchdown at 82 years old. Those are the things that we focus on. But the fact is this Bengals team until last week just didn't do a great job at getting to and bringing down the quarterback. Really bringing down the quarterback, racking up those sacks. Last year was last week, excuse me, was different. Last week this this Bengals team played really really well defensively. And I think that's going to be the interesting test. Can if Tua plays again hope that he does, he thinks that he will, he's expecting to. Normally that's the way those things go. I know it's a short week and we said yesterday you can't risk Tua and that's true. But if Tua plays even at nobody's 100% in any NFL season once the first snap begins, but He's 70%. It's a really big test for that Bengals defense to see against one of the more explosive and interesting offenses in the National Football League what Cincinnati can do. It's a good game. It's a big game. It's an entertaining game. It doesn't matter for me, and it shouldn't matter for you, whether the Dolphins win or lose as it relates to whether or not we believe they're legit. They've beaten the Ravens. They've beaten the Bills. Less of a win, but they've beaten the Patriots. But really, it's the Ravens in Buffalo. We know Miami's going to be there. We know Miami has what it takes to be excellent. That's going to be true. It's a good football team. Now, tonight's game, it's a test for a Cincinnati Bengals team that cut through a brutal AFC postseason picture last year, that beat the Kansas City Chiefs in a game that nobody, including me, gave them a fighting chance in. I'm still paying off that gambling debt. It's a little joke. I'm not paying it off. I did lose a lot of money on that game. And that while not winning the Super Bowl, it seemed like they had set up for themselves with the experience of that run the confidence you would think that would infuse, not Burrow with, he's full of confidence, but the guys around him when Joe Burrow says things like, we believe in ourselves, that's enough. The the lessons that come with success and then a little bit of failure felt like the Bengals were set up to be a really dynamic because they're a young team for, for years. Rough start. A little bit of a almost championship hangover this year. Tonight is a look and a test whether last year's Cincinnati team is a part of their future. That level of excellence of what, whether they can get to it. I haven't bet on the game yet, in large part because of Tua. I don't. I like Cincinnati to compete in this game. I do, and that's kind of. I've had to think about this for a couple days. The defense is better than advertised. Joe Burrow's going to figure it out. Tua is probably going to play, but not be a hundred percent. I like the Cincinnati Bengals at home as favorites, by the way, because Vegas knows these things to win this game and change the narrative, and we want to be ahead of it. Eight five five two one two four CBS is the phone number here on National Coffee Day. I, I feel I feel kind of conflicted because I consider myself a pretty adventurous guy. I mean, I don't know if I'm that of it, but I've lived abroad and I've moved cities a lot for my career, and I've eaten a lot of things. I once ate goat brains, and I wouldn't recommend it. It was at a really fancy restaurant. I probably had a couple cocktails, but the point is, I gave it a go. Is it a happy memory? It's not, but I'm willing to try some stuff. And not everybody's like that. Some people just decide, hey, I've only had water in my life, and I'm only going to drink water. I only wear collared shirts with a little gator on them, and that's what I'm going to wear every single day. Don't want to force people out of their comfort zone, but but life is about new experiences. And it's National Coffee Day, and D-Cell's never had a cup of coffee. So I'm going to circle back to trying to pressure him to have that fine, addictive beverage that's really a drug 
disguised as a drink. So he can suffer like the rest of us when he can't find his coffee. We're going to try to work on that. We're also going to play for you Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is the head coach, if you don't know this, and I don't know if he does sometimes, of the New England Patriots, which requires him to answer questions of the media. And the media are going to ask questions about things like, say, the health status of a quarterback that if he doesn't play is going to impact the performance of the team. That, again, circle full circle here, Bill Belichick coaches. He was having none of it. He went full Bill Belichick. It's extremely funny. He's very angry. He's very ornery. He sounds like a sad person I'm going to tell you about, and it's next here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. I don't know what you call it, where a show or a book has a, I guess, subtitle. Maybe I do know what to call it. But if there were a subtitle of this show, it would be, What's Happening? That would be the subtitle. It's okay. I understand. Happy National Coffee Day. By the way, hope everyone that have withstood the path of the hurricane that clobbered southwestern Florida are okay. That hurricane continues to move inland and is going to cross back to the eastern part of Florida into the Atlantic Ocean and I guess could come back up to South Carolina and, and maybe even be hurricane strength again. Just sending good thoughts to everybody. The destruction looks awful. Um, extra personal thing for me, my parents in Fort Myers were there, could, couldn't get out. They're okay, but it's a, it, it was an ugly scene. And so just thoughts and prayers to, to everybody in that part of the country. And if you're in, in its path still, wishing you, wishing you well. Uh, wishing you well. Phone number on the show, 855-2124-CBS. I wake up every morning early. I'm not complaining. My life's awesome. I can talk about sports for a living, but I don't like mornings. I'm not a morning person. I'm, I'm, I'm just not. So I'm a call. I drink. I've always had coffee, but I, it's what gets me out of bed. Literally, my, my alarm goes off, and the first thing I think are words I can't say on the radio, and the second thing is how long so I can get that coffee going. And today is National Coffee Day. It's a day to celebrate um, one of the, the least criticized legal drugs on the face of the earth. Because I'm not going to lie, I've cut back. When I used to work in New York City 14-hour days, I would drink a lot of coffee. Now I'm, you know... Two to three cups a day. That's really low for me. Diesel. Why would I want to drink coffee just to so, get addicted to it then? So good, though. So it tastes so yummy. It wakes you up. Don't worry about the consequences. But if don't I worry about the consequences. If I don't have a problem waking up now, why would I give myself potentially a problem? You wouldn't have a problem. You'd have a solution to a problem you didn't know that you had, which is you're, you're not as tired. Look, I'm not saying you should drink coffee. And I'm not saying that you should desire when your alarm goes off with a four at the front of it to put a a um, to put it directly into a vein like I do. What I am saying is you should taste it one time in your life. Taste it one. Today's the day. It's National Coffee Day. You know what? We'll you ha- know what's the other part too? It's so overwhelming. There's so many flavors I'll, now. Do I'll I buy just it. go regular, like regular bland coffee? I'll probably get you a vanilla latte to start out. I'll have Stu get it. And I'll pay for it. I'll get him a coffee too. That sounds too fancy for me. No, I'm, it's on me. It's, in New York, it probably costs eleven dollars, so maybe it won't be on me. <laughs> I'll pretend it's on me and make. Let's just make Stu pay for it. Anyway, it's ha- Happy National Coffee Day. It sounds like you're not interested in this new experience. Uh not yet. You haven't sold me yet. I mean, okay. I had a lot of words, pretty daddy, but I'm just gonna let you do you because that's the way the world works. So, you know who needs coffee? I can tell when somebody's ornery, right? When someone, oh, I'm all mad. Maybe you need some coffee because you're tired. 
coaches, especially football coaches, are notorious for the hours. When I used to cover a variety of sports in Kansas City, the Kansas City Star, I spent a lot of time writing about Kansas State. A lot of time around Frank Martin, Bob Huggins before him, and, and Coach Bill Snyder, who, who actually is a super nice guy when he's not coaching, but he's obsessive. And you could, the old legend was you could drive past any day of the week in the football season, what is now Bill Snyder Family Stadium, I think it's called, and see his car out there in the facility at 11 at night. And there were times where I'd be out there till 11 or midnight doing a different story, and I would drive by and it would be there. And Bill Belichick has a very similar work ethic vibe. And I feel like maybe what you're going to hear here is just a case of the grumpies, as we say in the Ryder household, to anger my 13-year-old daughter because I find it funny. She doesn't like being spoken to like she's a child. And I say to her, cool, don't speak to me like I'm a child. And well, you know, parent of the year. Parent of the year. Just teasing my kids. Bill Belichick has some question marks, and so do the Patriots, about Mac Jones and whether or not he is going to play. Now, we know that if, that if Mac Jones doesn't play with this injury, I think it's Hoy, Ryan Hoyer is going to be the guy who, who will start. But if And I've been this guy. I hate asking questions at press conferences. I hate going to these things because you don't get any good answers. I'm so glad I don't have a job that requires me to ask stupid questions to get stupid answers to put information in newspapers that people don't actually want. But that's the life that some people have, and it is what it is, and I have sympathy for them. These poor reporters have to ask Bill Belichick what's going on with Mac Jones. Hey, did you, uh, this is the editor of the newspaper, the boss, did you find out what's up with, with Jones? Oh, no, Belichick was in a bad mood, so I just didn't ask him. Cool, 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 cool. You cover obituaries now, which is something that actually happened in my career. That was super fun. Thank you, Kansas City Star. Point is, that's the context for the requirement to ask questions. And part of, I think, what makes it necessary to continue to prod a very angry Bill Belichick on National Coffee Day when it sounds like he needs some caffeine as he refuses to answer a pretty basic question. Does he have a high ankle sprain? Day by day. What do I look like? A doctor? An orthopedic surgeon? Like, I don't know. Talk to the medical experts. What do the medical experts on staff say? Day by day. Fish we'll evaluate him. I mean, what difference does it make to me? Do you, you think I'm going to read the MRI? That's not my job. So. Yeah, but it's theirs, and they, they talk to you about it, right? Yeah, it's day by day. It's getting better day by day. There's a great line in Justify, which is grossly underrated, where Raylan, the gunslinger, is confronting some bad guys, and the bad guys start arguing about money, and one of the bad guys just wants land, and the other bad guy wants money, and that bad guy goes, what am I, a farmer? And it reminds me of every time Belichick, Belichick pulls this. What am I, an orthopedic surgeon? No, you're the head, and you heard the question, you're the head coach of an NFL team whose quarterback is injured. You're telling me you're incapable of talking to your medical staff to understand how to plan for your football team? And then it hit me, because I was going to come on the radio and kind of make fun of him like I have a little bit and say that it's ridiculous and do your job and understand. But then it hit me when people are grieving, and I'm being serious, when people are sad they can snap at people. I was telling this story to Diesel. This is a means. Should I tell this story about this kid that I knew in college? You like this story? All right. So I show up for, for, for college at the University of Missouri. I show up at um, Gillette Hall with no air conditioning. And a roommate who was like Mr. Macho, his name was Grant, until the middle of the night. I swear this is true. This is even the story I was going to tell. And I would be like trying to sleep. Like, hey, man, do you believe in true love? But Grant, I got to go sleep, bro. If you want to, like, but in the morning, I'll be like, hey, what's up? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, man. 
So we had a kid that lived. So it was a weird group of people. We had a, we had a kid that lived next to us. Shows up. Not a jerk. I don't want to say he was a jerk. Just very, again, as Kirk Morrison would say, smelling himself. Very impressed with himself. Extraordinarily removed from the scene. And then one day, his girlfriend, who went to a, a nearby college, showed up, and I could see why. She literally was glowing. She was inside, and yet the sun was hitting her hair, and the wind was blowing. I mean, this is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. I was like, oh, this guy feels like he's the man, because it turns out by some miracle of coincidence and who, you know, I don't know what happened to him in high school. He is. He was a beautiful woman. He was like a normal-looking guy. Good for, good for him. And he was in love with her or whatever. I don't know, enamored by her. We were all enamored by her. Half of us might have been in love with her. I don't think I ever said a word. It was like, hello, he is in that room. And and he just kind of, like Bill Belichick, just kind of held himself to, a, like, a different standard, kind of held himself apart, but likable enough. And then, and this story sucks, then she cheated on him with some guy at her other college and broke his heart. And, again, this is, like, six months into our freshman year. We all have friends. We all have relationships. We're all like, hey, and one day there's like a little knock on my door. I come in, and it's this dude. I think his name was Mike. I can't remember. And he's like, hey. And he's just like sad and beaten. I'm like, hey, man. He's like, can I come in and watch X Files? I don't know you, bro, but you're about to start crying. So, yeah, come. Guy came in and watched eight hours of X Files. I don't even know this guy. Eight hours of X Files. I like the X Files back in the day, yeah. Which is that surprise you? The truth is out there. <laughs> they never got into the simulation. And, and my point is this. When people are grieving a loss they never saw coming, they go through stages. And one of those stages is anger, and another stage is sort of being off a little bit. I think Bill Belichick is grieving Tom Brady, and I'm not being facetious. I really do. We have, or most of us, have broken up with people in our lives, like, oh, I'll be better off. And then, like, six months later, you're like, oh, I'm a short, curly-haired, not very athletic guy. That was probably an errand. I have had a tendency in my lifetime to walk through life like I'm 6'5", but I'm not. And people, including women I dated, can see that. So I've, I understand what it is to live with some regret, to understand, oh, yeah, no, I am not the second coming of back then. It would have been, I guess, Tom Cruise. Maybe it's Leo, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I don't know. And I do think that for Belichick, like there is a surliness that has gone a little further than his normal no comment. Because part of Belichick's thing was to never give father to the media or create drama. And not creating drama isn't, in his mind's eye, his, Belichick's approach, it's not Greg Popovich, I'm going to snap it, guys. It's, I have nothing to say. You know, no comment, I don't know. This is him being frustrated. This is him giving enough fodder for me to talk about on the radio. This is Bill Belichick, I think, grappling with and getting his arms around the very real fact that the greatest quarterback in the history of the game, who still plays at a level capable of winning Super Bowls, we saw that a few seasons ago, is doing it in Tampa Bay because Belichick screwed up. That little weird, what am I, a doctor? What am I, a farmer? It's not... Oh, no, you look like a sad guy whose heart is broken. That's very similar to someone that might knock on the door of a stranger and ask if he can watch X-Files with him on a Tuesday at 9 p.m. for eight hours because he's got nowhere else to go because life didn't turn out the way that he thought. Maybe he should have treated that person a little better. In this case, Tom Brady. That's what I got. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Happy National Coffee Day. Uh, We got some bets coming up, and I got some familial tension. My brother and I have a gambling pool we do together. Usually I do the bets because he's not good at it and I am. Diesel, he's already putting bets in. So we're going to evaluate Bobby Ryder's NFL bets. And I'll give you some of my own when we come back in a moment on the program. It's Ryder than you. I'm Bill Ryder. It is coming up after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from my man Peter Schwartz. You're listening to the Ryder Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show this season for the first time, by the way. 
never before, you can hear every Westwood One NFL broadcast stream live for free. Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday nights, the International Series, Holiday Triple Headers, and every postseason game. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com, via Westwood One Station streams, or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports, all sponsored by AutoZone. Free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Diesel, uh, a question from the question line from Lori in Manhattan Beach, also known as my wife. Happy birthday, babe. It's her birthday today. I love you, baby. Um, she wants to know, on the question text line, if you're not drinking coffee, what are you drinking in the morning? Great question. First off, let me say happy birthday, Lori. And it's one of three drinks in the morning for me. I either go water, orange juice, or Gatorade. I do like the Gatorade. So you're not, it's not as if you're doing the whole I don't drink coffee thing, I don't want caffeine, you're pounding four Cokes. Uh, no, no, no coffee, no tea, no soda, normally orange juice. Can I admit something to you that I think makes me a weirdo, makes me very anomalous? Oh, please, yes, absolutely. I prefer Powerade. Wow. Yeah. Wow, I'm reevaluating everything <laughs> that has happened in our relationship since we started working yeah. together, oh, about 16 months ago. I Powerade love it. over Gatorade? Every time. Every time I go into a gas station I want a, one of those drinks, I'm, I get a Powerade. It's not because it's half as much. I would actually spend a 30% uptick to get the Powerade. At least Love you Powerade. know it's weird. At least you know yeah. you're in the minority on this one. Like, I don't even know if I can look at you. Powerade I'll drink over a Gatorade? Gatorade? Yeah, I like it better. I'll drink a Gatorade? I don't dislike it's not like It's not like Pepsi. I don't like Pepsi. I, I like Coca-Cola. I'm more upset about this than I am about peanut butter and jelly. And you really made me mad about that. Yeah, I mean, you put a peanut butter jelly sandwich and a Gatorade in front of me, I'll drink the Gatorade while I'm looking over its shoulder wondering if a Powerade's going to walk in the room. I don't know if I want to learn new facts about you. The blue and the green Powerade are so good. I don't know what they're called. One's called Green Apple, and one I think has a dumb name. Something like, you know, they're Blue Storm. They're called it doesn't taste good. That's what they're called. No, it does taste good. It tastes amazing. It aids with power, too. I bet you didn't know that. You are the only person I've ever met who would choose a Powerade over a Gatorade. I mean, they, there must be others because they do sell these in places where you can also buy the Gatorade. That's fair. You look kind of shocked. Yeah, I'm stunned. I really am stunned because I do not like Powerade whatsoever. So, I mean, because I play a lot of tennis, and before, when I wasn't Mr. Like, spraying my ankle, when I played a lot of basketball, I've always needed to compete in some sport for fun on the side. When I was much younger, I played a lot of soccer. Um, I, you know, power drinks have always been kind of, right, it's part of the deal. I'll drink a Gator. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'll drink. At the place I play tennis, there's a little you know, um, concession stand, and they only sell Gatorade, and I'll, 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 I'll buy the Gatorade. But, man, like, give me every now and then, because I just drink water, I'll, I'll take a Powerade, and I'll put it in the freezer, right? So, it, right, And then I'll, oh, man, magic. I, I don't want to learn new things about you. It's just going to make me upset. I've got a great Henry story that I told you that I, I asked you if I could tell on the air, and you said no. <laughs> uh, no, not radio-friendly. I'm going to ask our – I'm talking to our boss, Spike Eskin, later today. What? I'm going to ask him. Oh, goody. I can't wait to hear what he says. 
it involves a 10-year-old reading the Stephen King book and coming and asking the meaning of a word that I didn't think was in there and realizing it's a Stephen King book. Of course it's in there. And me, I think, coming up with a pretty on-the-spot, oh, no, dad mistake, my wife is, like, looking daggers into my face right now response. Felt pretty good. You know what I felt like? Felt like I just had some Powerade and knew how to get through it. <laughs> let's go. Um, all right, let's um, let's do some let's do some NFL bets. Bill makes the tough picks so you can fade accordingly. It's time for Bet Writer with Bill. All right, we're gonna go over tonight's game. We're gonna go over. We're gonna judge my brother's picks that he put in with my money. Half of it's my money without talking to me. And then we're gonna go through some of the other games. Um. Cincinnati, three-and-a-half-point favorites tonight. There's so much uncertainty. I like the Bengals in terms of having a chance to win this game. It's a pass for me. I love betting on Thursday Night Football, too, because it's the only thing going on. It's a pass for me just because we don't know enough about Tua. If I knew Tua was playing and I was confident D-Cell, he could approximate what he's, you know, his health 70% or better, I would, I would probably take the points from Miami. I think it's going to be a close game. You have, I know you don't bet. You don't drink coffee. You don't bet. But do you have any inclination to advise anyone on, on Cincinnati hosting a 3-0 Dolphins team with all the question marks? Yeah, I don't bet. I don't drink coffee. I really am. I promise. I'm a fun guy. I really, really am. Uh, as long as Tua trots out there and he's under center, I actually like Miami tonight. I know he's not going to be anywhere near 100%. And as you alluded to earlier in the show, nobody is, even at week three. I think Tua being out there is enough. Uh, I like this number. Give me Miami. Dear listener, I once asked D-Cell if he's ever been the life of the party, and he said, what's a party? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, oh, my God. So here's my brother's first pick. Let's clip this and send it to him. I hate it. He's on Detroit at home, four-and-a-half-point favorites against Seattle. Four-and-a-half. This is not the same old Lions, though. I know. I like them, too, but that's too much. It's a pass for me. These guys Gino's- play hard. They play really hard. They do play hard for Dan Campbell, and Goff has had a couple moments. But Geno's looked good, except when the game's been on the line, which is very Geno. He's still Geno Smith. Yeah, a pick the other day at the end of the game. So you like Detroit. You're fit. four and a half. I'm with your brother on this one. I like Detroit. I don't see any issue with this pick. Four, 21-17 doesn't do it. All right. Um. Oh, my God. I hate this so much. He likes Chicago. Getting three and a half at the Giants. Yeah, I can't. I can't get there on this one. I would three and a half. Stay away from this one. Don't do it. These are two bad teams that are sad and pathetic. The Giants have a good coach, though. The Giants do have a good coach. It's going to take them a while because they're lacking in the talent department. They do have the right guy as head coach. I think it's still early. I can't. I can't take the Bears. Here. Oh my God, he, he's also on Philly. Minus six and a half hosting a Jacksonville team that I think is good and going to be. I know Philly's great. I I think Philly's really good. Philly's going to go four and zero. It's home, maybe. Philly's going to win by a touchdown. That's I'm too not, much. That's too I'm much. Not, I don't like these last two here. You're starting to make me real nervous. I actually kind of like Jacksonville. Actually, I like the momentum that they've created. I think Philly's really, 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 really good, but they have not been tested. In a serious way, they've beaten Dallas, Minnesota, and Washington. And I think this is that test. I do, too. I would stay away from this. I don't like these last two picks here. You're making me really nervous for this week. And he's, oh, my God, Bobby. 
Oh my god, he's also or we because the picks are in. I'm gonna have to wrestle. I'm gonna have to like lock him out of the account. He's also uh, he's also on Carolina, which you know, be fair, you know, QB'd by top twenty-seven quarterback Baker Mayfield uh, over Arizona. What uh, what did he get this number at? Minus one and a half is what he got Carolina. At. All right, it's almost a pick him. It, maybe it'll come down. I one and a half. I don't know. Yeah, we got we got the wrong line too. I look. I, I don't trust Kyler Murray, and, and I don't know that team is coached and constructed, mostly coached in a way that's going to make them formidable in the playoffs. And we've certainly seen that. But Kyler Murray's talented enough that he can beat good teams sometimes and bad teams often. All right, you tell me you don't trust Kyler Murray. What do you trust about Carolina's offense? Anything about it. You, you can name anything. Nothing. Nothing. Not one That's thing. I, yeah. I, Baker Baker Mayfield is, yeah, it's a, it's a disaster. Uh, I do kind of like New England, by the way. I do. I, Green Bay are 10.5-point favorites hosting the Patriots. I'm not going to bet on it because I don't know what's going on with Mac Jones. What's that look for? Ten and a half's a huge number. Brian Hoyer is probably going to play in Green Bay. You like you like the Patriots to cover? To quote Bill Belichick, I like the Patriots to cover if I find out that Mac Jones is going to play. Oh boy. oh, boy. Can we all agree that that the fake Aaron Rodgers, Bill Belichick love is just disingenuous and dumb? I, I hate it. I hate it. It's Aaron Rodgers taking shots at his own coach, by the way. It's like you're mad at your girlfriend, and you're just, oh, yeah, Susan across the street's a real catch. Anyone who dates Susan's lucky. I bet Susan's a great wife. Oh, you're so right. That's that's all this is. That's all it is. Passive, aggressive garbage. Um, I'm just going to go down with the ship on Kansas City. I like the Chiefs. I know you're not supposed to, to, to bet road favorites. I, I like the Chiefs as two-and-a-half-point favorites at Tampa Bay. I don't think Kansas City goes to two-and-two. I do think there's extra motivation there. I'm uncertain about what the Bucks are as a football team. I'm not uncertain about what the Chiefs are, despite their lackadaisical silliness against the Colts and that garbage call against Chris Jones for taunting that kept the drive alive for, for Indy. I like the Chiefs a lot in this situation. This one doesn't bother me as much at all, and it's mostly because of what I've seen out of Tampa Bay the first three weeks. This offense just looks stuck in the mud. I know Brady didn't have his top wide receivers. No Mike Evans last week. No Chris Godwin last week. This offense just does not look good. Uh, I mean, Brady looks just kind of. Doesn't it look it, like it's just? I don't. Well, hard's not the right word. It just looks like it just looks like a uh, like he's bogged down, like he's stuck in the mud, like he's going through the motions to me. Yeah, he's got other stuff going on. Yeah, he's got a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah, you were right. I really don't like these picks. This week. Uh Minnesota. Is, is the number varies, but it's basically a two and a half point favorite at New Orleans. I'm not going to bet on it because I won't bet on Kirk Cousins as a rule. But that's probably the right. That's the, this is the kind of game the Vikings win, and the kind of game where Cousins plays well and they win handily. Yeah, this and is where Kirk Cousins shines. A game not in prime time, not under the spotlight. He'll probably play really well in this game. All right, are you ready for my, my 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 pick? Here's the pick I really like. I really like the Titans plus three, three and a half, depending on where you look, at the Colts. Colts coming off their first win, yeah. and it was a big one. It was a garbage big time win. win. Garbage win. Be that as it may, you don't think this catapults them? I think the Colts played really well this weekend. 
I I am not ready to give up on Mike Vrabel. I am not ready to give up on the Titans. See, that's where we differ. I have. I've written them off for this season. They, the running game looked really good last week for Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill is not particularly the word I'm looking for. Good right now, but I want to believe it's going to get better. I think Vrabel's the real deal. I love Tennessee. And the more we talk about it, the more I think I like Jacksonville. I'm on I'm on it the opposite way. How about how about Ravens minus three at Baltimore? Probably the best Bills, game of this Bills. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Best game of this weekend. Bills, Ravens. Uh, by the way, back to back, very tough road games for Buffalo. Ravens as a home dog? I I, I know they're playing Buffalo. I think I think you have to bet Baltimore if you're going to bet this game. You can pass, but Baltimore as a road dog, the way that they're playing, Lamar Jackson has been awesome. Their one loss, Baltimore's, is to is to the Dolphins, just like Buffalo. I think this is an evenly matched game. This is weird to say. Buffalo involved in again this week the best game of the weekend, and they may not win. Are they two and one? Uh, they are two and so one. They could be. They can easily be two and two. Yeah. How weird is that? The Chiefs and the Bills of the Ravens are going to be two and two, and I think all of those teams are really, really good competitive football teams for the for the entirety of this year in the AFC. All right. I'll let you know what Bobby does on Monday. Bobby making the also he had. I hope he's doing okay. He had oral surgery on his mouth. And he was knocked out when he did the picks because I texted him, "Bro, I'm out of it." And he did the. Then he put our gambling <laughs> picks in. That explains it. It does explain. It does explain the, uh, the the Eagles. The Eagles. The Eagles pick. All right, let's um let's keep the NFL talk going. Ephraim Salam, offensive lineman in the NFL for a long time, NFL analyst, friend of the show, friend of mine, joins me next here on CBS Sports Radio. 